Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, it is cracking open the Bible day today because you must know what sin is. Folks, we need to know this stuff, namely the works of the flesh found in Galatians 5. Amen, because we do not want to hear from Jesus. Depart from me, I never knew you. Amen. So today we are going to look into the scriptures to find out what will disqualify you from entering God's kingdom. Because for starters, Galatians 5, 17, um, to 21 gives us a huge clue and not only that scripture we are going to be looking at a lot of other scriptures that tell us what sin is amen amen so before we get started let us pray father in the name of christ jesus we love you and we want you to be our king our God, our Father, and our Lord. Father, you have justly and rightly said that you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil evildoers. And we see that in Psalms 5, verses 4 through 5. You are the Lord who tests the righteous, but your soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. We see that in Psalms 11, 5. Father, you hate workers of iniquity. Your soul hates the one who loves violence. That is why you call all men to repentance because we see how you hate the workers of iniquity in Psalms 5.5. You hate the wicked 
in Psalms 11.5. You hate the sacrifices of the wicked. And we see that in Proverbs 15.8. You hate the ways of the wicked. We see that in Proverbs 15.9. You hate the thoughts of the wicked. And we see that in Proverbs 15, 26. You hate feet that make haste to run to evil. And we see that in Proverbs 6, 18. You hated Esau. We saw that in Malachi 1, verses 1 through 3, as well as in Romans 9, 13. Jesus says that he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And we see that in Revelation 20, uh, I'm sorry, Revelation 2, verse 6. Father, may all men everywhere repent and come to the knowledge of your dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is written, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. According to the scriptures, he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Father, may we never forget the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, may today's warning wake up the unrepented. May it wake up the brethren so that we don't get complacent. We don't compromise with this world, nor do we go back to our old and wicked ways. We should not go back to the vomit. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson and exhortation bring you glory. I ask for wisdom. I ask for wisdom in order to convey the dire warning that we must turn from our sins. We must not go back to our wicked ways. Otherwise, when we die, we will go to a burning hell as we await the final judgment. So, Father, I give you all the glory and all the praise and honor and all of my worship. May the Holy Spirit move on me, illuminate my mind so that I can see the deep things in your word. Because, Father, I want to learn. I want, I want to be a student of the Holy Spirit.
And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So here we go. I'm going to give us some scriptures that will tell us and warn us of those sins that will keep you and I from inheriting God's kingdom. What would stop you from going to heaven? Because ultimately, you have to believe and obey the gospel. You must not reject what God has done for us at the cross. Jesus died for your past sins. He, he defeated sin by walking in complete obedience to the Father, thereby fulfilling the law of Moses. He defeated death by his resurrection, for he remains alive till this day, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, making intercessions for us. And from that highly exalted position, he's waiting to make his enemies his footstool. Oh yeah, Jesus is coming back to deal with his enemies. He has told me months ago to tell the people that he is on his way back and that his reward will be with him. Jesus will give to every man according to his deeds according to his doings, whether it be good or bad. Amen. And those of us who are waiting for him will, will love this and marvel at his glorious coming. Amen. So here we go. Here we go with some, with some scriptures that gives us these warnings. So here we go. First up, Galatians 5, verses 17 to 21, that Paul was letting us know, namely, God will not be mocked. Listen, folks, you continue to sow to this thinking, rotten flesh, and from the flesh, you will reap eternal consequences. You will be separated for all of eternity from the Father and from Jesus. So look, in verse 17 to 21, Paul says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly, he says, they are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Amen. As a footnote, folks, I have talked about this false doctrine on the podcast many of times, whether or not we have to keep any parts of the 613 laws of Moses. And I had um, encouraged 
you all to study Galatians chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, Romans, Colossians, study the whole New Testament because it tells us we are not obligated to follow any of those laws, namely the Ten Commandments, a tithing, Sabbath keeping, everything that these Torah keepers want to browbeat New Testament believers in Christ Jesus that, yes, although it's by God's grace through faith that we are saved, but that you must also do some parts of the law in order to be really saved. Check the podcast. I have, I have by the Holy Spirit to the best of my ability to convey that the law was not given to the Gentiles. Therefore, we don't have to keep it. The confusion comes into play. Namely, people are not studying the scriptures to show yourself approved before the living God. Listen, we got to study these scriptures. If you say that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, how are you not reading the scriptures? We cannot, I'm telling you, we have to understand that there is a false church and you have apostates up in these pulpits teaching in error all because they want to get a hold of your money. Amen. So before I go off on another rant, because it is so disheartening that you have sincere believers in Christ are, that are being led astray. And Jesus tells us, in Matthew 24, do not be deceived and don't let anyone, anyone lead you astray. So back to the scripture here. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Verse 19 when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, folks, that means all sexual sins. That means fornication, adultery, homosexuality, um, what else? Masturbation. All of those sexual sins are unnatural. Listen, um, sexual immorality, also meaning fornication, right? Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, that's witchcraft. Yep, and abusing drugs, smoking drugs fall up under witchcraft. It is all idolatry and, sor and sorcery. Listen, let no one fool you about how smoking weed is okay because it is of the earth and God made everything good. But they fail to fully read out the scriptures in Genesis. God cursed the ground from which plants grow from. I told y'all, we all got 
to study these scriptures so that no one leads you astray because anything that you digest on purpose that takes your mind to another realm where it is just floating, you are high, okay? Anything that manipulates your mind, that's witchcraft. We cannot be deceived. Listen, it says hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Uh, these are the works of the flesh. Look, outbursts of anger. Yeah, if you can't get a hold of that temper, you ain't making it. Look, selfish ambition. Exactly, because Jesus tells us what? If you want to follow him, you must Pick up your cross daily. Deny yourself of what? All of this selfish ambition. And then come follow him. Look, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Yep, wild parties. That's um reveling. Uh-huh. And other sins like these. So you can't say, well... I'm doing such and such and it's not on the list. Well, guess what? God got you covered by saying and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Because folks, we are cracking open the Bible today. Because we need to understand what sin is and what will keep you from going to heaven, inheriting God's kingdom. Listen, don't let anyone, anything on this earth keep you from living holy so that when Jesus calls you out of that bodysuit, you won't be in a world of hurt trying to figure out how did you end up in hell. So look, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Um, an effeminate man is one who likes to cross-dress in women clothing, having homosexual sex, they ain't getting in either, okay? Regardless of what this homosexual culture and community has to say, look, nor homosexuals, that means lesbians as well. Listen, don't believe the lie from this world that you could love whomever you want to love. Listen, God calls that an abomination. It is unnatural for the same sex to lie with one another as with the opposite sex, talking about how, oh, this is my wife and you a female and you calling another female your wife? No, that's perversion. It is unnatural. You will not be going to heaven. You will go to a burning hell. Now, I know they don't want to hear that. Everyone should be whom they want to be. I was born this way. So you mean tell me because God made me this way, he's going to send me to hell? 
wake up. God did not make you that way. If you feel that you was born that way, well then just like Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, Nicodemus, you must be born again because God did not make you that way. He made male and female, female and male. He made them. If you was born a boy, then that is what God created you to be a boy and vice versa, a girl. If you feel something different other than that, then you need to be born again. And that's love. That's not a hate speech because we tell the murderer the same thing. You must repent and stop killing. We tell the liar the same thing. You must repent and stop lying. We tell the one who can't keep them them hands to themselves when they go into a store, stop stealing. You must repent. No different from the homosexual and the lesbian. You must come out of those perverted relationships and repent. Glory be to God. By his mercy and grace, there is room at the altar for all of us. Amen. Listen, don't take this personal and this is not judging. This is a warning of the truth that if you die in your sins, you will go to hell as you await the final judgment, the second death, where you will hear from Jesus that your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life and you will be thrown into the lake of fire. And the scriptures tell us that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night and that there will be no relief for you. Listen, we got to wake up. This is not a game. I keep telling y'all on the podcast, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. God will judge his people. Listen. It goes on to say, right, right, because we're at 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12, verse 10. Nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers. And those are those that have that, that wicked tongue, that, that slanderous, abusive tongue, that they will cut you to shreds as soon as you can blink with that mouth. They ain't getting in either. No, listen, it says, nor swindlers. Them are your con men. Them are the ones that got that Ponzi scheme going on. Those are your um extortioners, you know, applying pressure on you. No, they ain't getting in either. It says, none of these people, okay, you, you practice this on a daily basis where this is your lifestyle, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Look, verse 11, such were some of you, but you were washed, hallelujah, but you were sanctified, glory be to God, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Amen. Amen. Listen, we cannot be deceived. Look, Paul says, 
the body is the Lord's, right? So in verse 12, he says, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Amen. Because see, <clears throat> the problem could be is that people don't understand what happened at the cross. Jesus nailed our past sins to the cross, right? Because he was the only man that walked this earth in perfect obedience to the Father, right? So sin had no control over him. Therefore, us now being in Christ Jesus, well, guess what? Sin has no control over us either. The Bible tells us that sin is no longer our, our master. It no longer because of what Christ has done for us. Okay. It no longer has dominion over you. Sin don't have a say anymore. So if any thoughts of lust or a crime or murder or wanting to sleep with the same sex and you don't know how to stop lying and all this stuff that we are seeing from these scriptures, what will keep you out of heaven? You don't have to do them just because the thought came into your head to do, um, to do them. No, you got to understand sin no longer has mastery over you. You have been in Christ delivered from the kingdom of darkness. You have now been translated into the kingdom of light. You got to get the mindset. You have to set your mind on the things above. Because after we get through these scriptures, I want to talk about girding up your loins. Okay, so let's get on with these scriptures. Revelation 21, 8, because I'm giving us scriptures that talk about those sins that will keep us out of heaven. Now, of course, this is not a complete list, okay? These are the uh, scriptures that when I was sitting with the Lord last summer about something I did when, when I knew full well, okay? I missed the mark. Long story short, I missed the mark and the Holy Spirit sat me down like for that summer and be like, uh-uh, little Miss Missy, okay, write these scriptures down, get it embedded in your spirit and stop it. Amen. So I'm just sharing with you all what will keep all of us out of heaven. Listen, Revelation 21, 8 says, but for the cowardly and unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Look. Hold on. <clears throat> I got me a cup of hot tea because y'all know how my throat be acting up on the podcast, right? So, prayfully, this nice cup of black tea would soothe the throat. So, look, Mark 7, verses 20 to 23 says, 
And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. Because Jesus had to once again check them Pharisees, right? Because Jesus and his disciples um, were eating and um, his, his disciples didn't wash their hands before eating, right? Although that was not one of the 613 laws of Moses, but but for the fact that the, the uh, Pharisees heaped unto the people all these extra commandments, all of these traditions of men. And one of them was that, oh, if you don't wash your hands before you eat, oh, you are defiling yourself. And Jesus is like, I'm paraphr I'm a, I'm a paraphrase, but I'm going to get to the actual scriptures. He was like, nah, 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 nah. That's not what defiles a person. No, it's not what goes into a person that defiles him. No, it's what's coming out of that heart. That what heart? That Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 heart. That all that was what comes out of the heart, that is what defiles a man. Because look, Jeremiah 17, real quick, 9 through 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. And so... When I read that scripture in relation to Mark 7, 20, 23, well, Mark 7, 20 to 23 answers Jeremiah 17, where it says, who can know it? Meaning all that deceitful stuff out of a man's heart. Well, who can know what's all the evil that's in there? Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is about to answer the question over here in Jeremiah 17. What is that? Verse 9. Yeah, verse 9. Look, he says, And he was saying, That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, here's the answer to the question, Out of, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit. See, that's that deceitful heart over there. Look, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Set them straight. Set all of us straight. Listen, 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11 says, But we know that the law is good. If one uses, uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person. Don't get me started on about this law, whether or not we got to keep it. Because listen, if you are righteous, the law won't apply to you. No way. Because look, Paul is about to tell Timothy and us who the law was made for 
anyway, look, realizing verse nine, the fact, the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious for the ungodly and sinners for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else, okay? Because people love to say, well, what I'm doing, God doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, he does by saying, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Amen. Look, Ephesians 5 verses 2 to 13. Okay, because we talking about sins that will keep us out of heaven because for a long time, People have been, especially in the body of Christ, because see, unfortunately, sinners, the unrepentant, they don't want nothing about this gospel. They want nothing about Jesus. Leave them alone. Let them do what they do. Sadly, in a lot of cases, God has already turned them over to a reprobate mind. He has turned them over to their depraved, unnatural, wicked desires. They said no, ain't nothing else left for them to do. God tried the the ultimate right Holy Spirit. The ultimate demonstration of God's love was when he sent Jesus to die as a sacrifice for this world and that whosoever believe in him shall have eternal life. And yet people say no to that awesome gift. Okay, okay, listen. Ephesians 5, right, right, those are the sinners. But those who are in Christ, some of y'all are just teetering and tottering with this sin thing. Listen, okay, wake yourselves up. You continue to sow to that flesh. From the flesh, you will reap eternal destruction. God ain't playing with you. You could, you can't confess Christ until you blew in the face. But if you don't turn from your sins, because you see, repentance is a key element to salvation. Amen. And those who are stuck in sin will say, well, you don't need to repent because repent is a work. You are deceived and you have been misinformed because the first message that Jesus preached when he started his earthly ministry was what? Repent and believe for the kingdom of God has come near to you. I showed up. I'm here. Okay, so don't let anyone fool you that you don't have to repent. Yes, you do. God says he calls all men to repent. The apostles stay telling the people that you must repent and believe in Christ Jesus. Listen, Ephesians 5, 2 
through 13 says, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But here we go in verse 3, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. See, all of y'all who are Christ believers, uh-uh. we ain't got no business back in sin. Oh, absolutely not. Listen. Gird up the loins of your mind. Listen, I can't wait till we get to these scriptures because I want to talk to y'all about girding up the loins of your mind. Let me just finish this. Let me not get ahead of myself. Listen, right. Must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness. Come on, these are commandments. These are not suggestions. If you could you, would you? Could you please stop it? No, there should be none of this. Not if you called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. Absolutely not. Listen, there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure, impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Did you hear that? Child of God. You are commanded, and I don't care what that sin is. You tell it no. You put that flesh under, and you tell it no. We don't do that anymore. Listen, it says, walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That's what we should be spending our time on is finding out what is pleasing to the Lord and do that. Forget about how the flesh wants to watch the porn. Forget about how the flesh wants to keep lying and stealing and cutting up. Forget all of that. Okay, that was your old life. You who profess Christ. You got to be bold now. You got to tell that flesh to shut up and lay down and stay down. For it has been crucified with Christ. You, <clears throat> you flesh no longer lives because this life I'm living in this flesh body. Oh, we're going to live it by faith in the son of God who, who loved us 
and gave up himself for us. Listen, we got to stay with the mindset that Christ Jesus died a horrific, brutal, violent, bloody death on your behalf so that you can be reconciled back to the Father now being in right standing with him. That's the mindset. You tell this flesh to shut up because you are a dead man and dead people don't talk. Amen. Not in your life, it don't. Amen. We got to wake ourselves up. I'm telling y'all, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And because we don't know when we, when we will die, okay? Because Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment what judgment cynthia revelation 20 how if your name ain't found written in jesus lamb's book of life you you will be thrown into the lake of fire so come on pull it together child of god and stop playing okay gird up the loins of your mind listen Verse 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. Amen. Look. Colossians 3. Yep, we are going through the Bible today because we need to know this stuff. And we have to stay reminded of what will keep you and I out of the kingdom of God. Listen, people want God's blessing all day long, but then they don't want to do what God tells us to do. Jesus says, basically, people give him lip service all day long, but ain't nobody obeying him. Mm-mm. Lord, Lord. And he's like, why you call me Lord and you don't even obey me? <laughs> Come on now. Listen, Colossians 3, 5 through 11 says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to what? Immorality, impurity passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Uh-huh. For it is because of these things, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked. That's true. Listen, before we can tell anybody about the sins they are in, Okay, we got to get this plank out of our eyes. Why? Because we once too walked in those things, but not now. Mm-mm. And that's why, like the podcast, glory be to God, my hand is raised. Listen, I keep telling y'all, <laughs> I am a walking miracle, a testament to God's grace and patience. On those who merely confess Jesus, but never really put on the new man, who who never really turned from sin, and who, in ignorance of the scripture and lack of study, to be honest, were in sin. So, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, now I'm like David of Psalms 51. Oh, oh I'm so grateful. 
to be made right with God and walk in his commandments. All I want to do is now tell sinners and the lukewarm backsliding Christian that we must repent. We must realize that when you die in your sins without being in Christ, like for real, for real, stop all this foolishness. We ain't going to make it. No. So this is where the urgency and the warning comes comes into play. Listen, on this podcast, to the glory of God, I ain't talking about nothing else. I ain't talking about, oh, how God loves the sinner, but uh, hates the sin. No, that's not the lane Jesus gave me. Mm -mm. He gave me the repent and believe. Otherwise, you go into a burning hell. That's the ministry he gave me. Now, for some, he may have given the word of encouragement. Yes, that that God in his love demonstrated that love and that whole ministry about that. Some he gave to them. Okay, but for repent and believe ministry, back to God ministries. Uh uh, (laughs) no. He gave me the message to proclaim that sinners will not inherit God's kingdom and to repent and to wake up the body of Christ who's fallen asleep at the wheel, compromising with the world again, not fully understanding that Jesus is on his way back. So what? He hadn't come back in 2000 plus years. You must stay ready, okay? Because when God gives the call, oh, it's going to be on and popping. And you don't want to be found wanting when Jesus cracks open up that firmament. Wake up. This is so not a game, people. So yes, we must be bold with this message. Listen, we ain't got, I know I don't have that kind of time to be stroking people's egos, making friends, agreeing with them. Yeah, we're all sinners and yeah, we'll sin. Now, folks, the mindset is to turn from all of this. This is why we go through the scriptures. So that we are not led astray by anybody. And I don't care how sweet and nice. Listen, if they are not preaching on repentance, that you must turn from sin. Yes, and believe in Jesus. Of course, that's a no brainer. That seems to be the easy part. But the hard part is the turning from the sin. Listen, do I need to go back into Isaiah 52 to give us the bloody account. Because see, for me, that really woke me up. It woke me up in love that, wow, you know what? Jesus' death was horrific. I mean, we all seen the Roman Catholic pagan church idolatrous uh, cross, right? Where this shiny coated Jesus is, forlorn and hanging on the cross with that little slit on the side, little trickles of blood coming down with the crown of thorns with that little trickle of blood. And he's looking gaunt and you can see his rib cage with his head bowed down and peaceful death. 
Absolutely not. That is not Jesus on that cross. That is not what he looked like. Listen, the Bible tells us over there in Isaiah 52 that Jesus looked unrecognizable as a human being. That's how bad the Roman soldiers whipped him and beat him with that cat of nine tails, ripping the flesh and bone from his body. The it says that the people were appalled when they looked upon him. That means they were horrified. They like, that's not a man. It can't be a man. It don't look like a man. Why? Because the Bible tells us that no other man had a form like that. No one looked that, that um, disfigured. Jesus was mutilated. Y'all got to understand what transpired at the cross it wasn't just an easy crucifixion because that alone is painful could you imagine spikes of nails being driven into the wrist bone and the feet bone of a of an innocent person and yet jesus kept his mouth shut only to say forgive them lord come on now that should wake you up if it doesn't like I've said on a podcast, you got to be a cold piece of work to not feel the compassion and the distress of it all and the love of it all that Jesus willingly allowed himself to, to be, because I don't want to say murdered because he laid down his life, to be, to suffer to suffer in such a way for you. And then we over here in the 21st century talking about, oh, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. Gird up your loins. Stop it. Listen, where I leave off, y'all got me upset. Look, listen, right. Okay, so verse six, because we were at Colossians 3, 5 through 11. So I'm going to pick it up in verse six. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience and in them you all, you also once walked when you were living in them. But now, but now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, uncircumcised, uh, circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. Look at this warning, James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Look, Romans 6, 10 to 13 says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, 
consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Amen. It's telling us just like Jesus, okay, how he died to sin once for all. Will you too consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus? Amen. Therefore, verse 12, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Again, this is a commandment. This is not a would you, could you please? Come on, Johnny. Come on, Sally. Now, stop it. Look, it says, therefore, do not let let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Yeah, I'm yelling because I'm sick of it. Listen, we got to wake ourselves up. Time is of the essence. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Okay, listen. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead. Amen. That's the mindset. We got to be like, whew, I've just been delivered out of death into eternal life. So going forward, yeah, I'm going to obey God out of gratitude for being saved so that when Jesus comes back, the promise of eternal life will be granted to the one who endures until the end. Amen. That man will be saved. According to Matthew 24, amen. Look, Right, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Amen. Look, 2 Timothy, yeah, we cracking open the Bible today, okay? We, could, we can't, can't no longer be babes. At some point, we got to grow up. We got to grow up and start chewing on the meat, of God's word. No more, well, I'm a babe in Christ and it's been 30 years. Come on now. In the natural, a baby eventually grows up too, right? So how much more so should we grow up in the things of God? We got to grow up. Amen. Look, it says, right, 2 Timothy 3, 2 to 5, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, mm-hmm, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous. <sighs> Folks, we got to repent. Look, reckless, conceited, lovers lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such, such men as these. Amen. Look, this is going to be the last scripture, the next to the last. Look, and then we're going to talk about girding up girding up the loins of your mind, okay? Because we got to stop it. Look, Romans 1, 18 to 32, talks about God's anger at sin. 
Mm-hmm. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Talking about God don't exist. Okay, look, they know the truth about God. Why? Because he made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Amen. And the reason why they do that is because they don't want to be held accountable for sin. Yeah. Look, verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Namely, oh, God loves me like this because he wants me to be who I am. He wants me to come out of the closet and be me, be true to myself. Well, that's a false God, okay? Because as we are about to see, that is not God of the Bible. That's a God you made up. Listen, and they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Uh-huh. Look, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them. Yeah, he abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Wow. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other, other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. They worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself. This is so telling. Listen. We can't be too critical because we were once in these positions, but not now. Glory be to God. And you should not go back to these things. We all should not go back to the vomit. Amen. Because Second Peter 2 tells us that once we have tasted the goodness of the word, right? And for us to get entangled and enslaved by sin again, we will be worse off than before. It tells us that it would be better if we had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command that we were given to live a holy life. It's like the Proverbs, two of them, how a dog returns back to its vomit and how a washed pig returns back to the mud. Uh-uh, we ain't got time for that. Listen. It says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy, hallelujah, of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women. 
The Bible is like even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. And the men, look, verse 27, and the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. The Bible is telling us it is shameful what you are doing and you need to repent and come up out of that perversion. Amen. Look. And as a result of this sin, okay, because y'all can say what you want, it's a sin, right? They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. See, that's God turning you over to your wickedness. He is turning you over to a reprobate, depraved mind to do these unnatural acts, these wicked sins. Look, their lives, okay? Because once God turns you over, welcome to your brand new life. Because look at this, verse 29, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Okay, here's the list wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior. Oh, we ain't done. Gossip. They were, no, they are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, meaning you can't tell them nothing. They are so stiff-necked, you can't tell them anything, okay? Insolent, proud, Mm-hmm. and boastful. Look, it says, they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Look, we ain't done. Look, verse 31. They refuse to understand. We are trying to tell them, you're going the wrong way. You must be born again. But, mm-mm. No, the Bible says, look, they refuse to understand. They break their promises they are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet, whew, after all of that, the Bible has a yet. Yet, they do them anyway. Worse yet. What? Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Lord, have mercy on us all. Look, Romans 2, 2 says, And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Amen. Because folks, look, in closing, because I'm going to get to this girding up your loins. Okay, look, because the penalty for not obeying the gospel is found in 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 8 through 9 that says in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished 
with everlasting destruction. Folks, do y'all still think God is playing? Because Romans just told us that they know. They know that those who commit these things deserve to die over here in this lake of fire, this second death, death, and yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do, to do them too. Look, okay. Verse nine of second Thessalonians one, it says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen, folks. Okay. I already dealt with the unrepentant. I'm now talking. I'm 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 lifting up my voice as a trumpet and sparing not to the body of Christ. Okay. You must put on the full armor of God and gird up your loins of your minds. Listen, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Folks, Peter is saying, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Listen, that phrase, gird up your loins. I don't know if y'all ever wondered what that phrase mean because over there in um Ephesians 6 talking about the full armor of God it mentions that too about girding up so have you ever wondered what um that phrase gird it up means gird up your loins well a little education because I, I I maybe I thought I knew what it was I knew it has something to do with like straighten up, like pull it together, if you will. But the backstory, look, okay, back in the days of the ancient Near East, both men and women wore flowing tunics, right? Because you know all those old ancient by ancient Bible days photos we see with the men in their long robes and the women in the long robes and like the men wore robes or a mantles, right? Those long flowing robes like that. Okay. Well, those are also called tunics. So around their tunic, they would wear a belt or a girdle, right? While tunics were comfortable and breezy, the hem of the tunic would often get in the way when a man was fighting or, or performing some form of hard labor. So when ancient Hebrew men had to battle the Philistines, the men would lift the hem of their tunic up and tuck it into their girdle or tie it in a knot to keep it off the ground, they would typically gird up their loins if they were getting ready to engage in battle or travel long distances 
or partake in strenuous of running. So the effect would basically create a pair of shorts, right? That provided more freedom for movement. Thus, to tell someone to gird up their loins was to tell them to get ready for hard work or battle. It was the ancient way of saying man up. So when we see in scriptures, because that whole girding up the loins, that's like taking a long dress, tucking it into the belt between your legs, bringing up the fabric from the back, and then you split that in two pieces and then you turn and then you tie it around in the front and you make a knot. So you go from a long dress like outfit to like shorts. Okay. If you will, like baggy shorts, you know, so to gird up your loins, because that means you about to fight. You about to get it going. Okay. And essence, man up. Okay, so this is what the scriptures is telling us. Listen, child of God, you got to man up. Sin no longer has mastery over you. So what? They putting all that filth on the TV. You ain't got to watch it. So what? They put all the filth in the music. You ain't got to listen to that. So what? They put all the filth on the news, in the books, and everything else that is being ran by the prince of the air, Satan, of this fallen sinful world. You ain't got to be partakers of that. So what? The flesh wants to go back to watching porn. Man up. So what? That flesh wants to go back to smoking weed man up so what you don't want to come out of that second and third and fourth adulterous remarriage so what man up and come out of all the sin and repent and turn back to god because listen hold on let me let me, let me get down here right so in closing because i think i've said enough. i think i've said enough right Hold on, let me check the timer here because here, I know I've gone over. Okay, all right, so listen, right? So, and speaking of putting on the full armor of God, right? With the whole mindset of manning up, gird up your loins. It reminded me of putting on the full armor of God because see, now it starts to tie in. Listen. And I'm going to say it like this. This kingdom is not for the faint at heart. This kingdom of light is not for the weak and feeble minded. It is not. Otherwise, we will be chewed up and spit and spit it out by these wolves and sheep clothing and the false brethren. Okay, that's why. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us the ultimate warning in Matthew 24. Study. I love Matthew 24. It got so much in it. Namely, about don't allow yourselves to be led astray because there will be many false prophets. There will be many messiahs. There will be many people coming in Jesus' name who are wolves. And in spite of all of that, 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling us that we must endure until the end. For that man who withstands the persecutions, the trials and tribulations, and the temptation, especially in the end times, even unto death, because some of us, we are going by the way of the guillotine, okay? If this be the a generation that sees that Antichrist stand, standing up in that third temple, and talking about how he is God, and the Bible calls that event the abomination of desolation, when we see that happen, oh, Oh, look up to the sky because our redemption is nigh. Jesus is on his way back. And if we hear that seventh trumpet being blown, oh, oh, the king of glory is on his way back to take his church up out of here. Glory be to God. So Ephesians 6 verses 13 to 14 sprung into my mind when I was reading about girding up the loins, being ready for battle, because it tells us in that scripture above about how our fight is not with flesh and blood. It is with Satan and his powers and his rulers and his principalities in the, the wicked realm. Okay, so... <clears throat> Our, our enemy is not the man across the street that's a different race than you. Our enemy is not another country somewhere off in the east somewhere. Now, the Bible tells us who the adversary is, who is the accuser of the brethren. It is Satan, and he will face his demise over there in Revelation 2 <clears throat> and in Revelation 20. Verse 10, where it says, and the devil that deceived them, them who, them that took that mark of the beast and all of the unsaved throughout all of time, right? Um, that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. So he's a defeated foe. God gives us the end of the story. So that alone should tell us, oh, nothing in this world has a say over us. We tell this world, no, we are in this world, but we ain't got to be of it. The Bible tells us we need to renew this mind, gird up the loins of your mind and understand that <clears throat> you are Excuse me. You are in a battle daily. <clears throat> Come on, throat. We are in a battle daily with this flesh. This flesh wants to be a contender. We got to tell it, lay down and stay down. Make no provision for the flesh to even get riled up in the first place. And we do that by keeping the mind because it is true. Okay. The battlefield is in the mind because if Satan could get you in your thought life, then he got you. Come on now, gird up the loins, man up, women up, put on your big boys and girls pants, roll, roll it up. And get ready for battle. Listen, we got to be bold in these last days. 
This ain't the time to be weak and feeble-minded. Where are the soldiers for Christ? Like I was saying, we are in a battle, okay? You got to look at this as that we are in the army of the Lord and we are on the battle front lines every day. By the grace of God, when he wakes you up each and every morning, the mindset should be, I'm going to war. With whom? This flesh, okay? Because this flesh wants to be a bully. He wants to be a contender. And Paul tells us that there's a war going on on the inside of us. That regenerated spirit of yours who is being led by God's, God's Holy Spirit. Oh, we want to have a problem now with that flesh, okay? No longer does the flesh has to say, now, this regenerated spirit has all the say as we are being led by God's spirit, telling us what sin is, what we need to stop doing, what we need to start doing and do that. No longer being hearers of the word of God, but being doers and in all things live this life out in faith. We are the justified so the just shall live by faith, not by flesh. Come on now. So this is the super duper close. Come on. Ephesians 6, 13 to 14 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt, about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Look, the the amplifier says this. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, which is what? Personal integrity, moral courage, right? Around your waist and having put on the breastplate plate of righteousness, which is an upright heart. Amen. Folks, listen, we are to tie up and gird up the truth around our waist, like the men and women who tied up the fabric of their tunics, getting ready to do battle. And for us, we must stand our ground in the evil day. Amen. Look, in verses 11, to 17 of Ephesians 6, put on the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you, I'm going to say it again, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. So in other words, stand fast with your loins girded in truth clothed with righteousness as a breastplate, meaning stand strong against sin, against all the schemes of the devil. Listen, with the belt of truth 
tied around your waist and the protection of right living on your chest. Amen. Look, I love how the New Living Translation put it. It says, stay in your ground. And for me, that rings home because down here in Texas, oh, we stand our ground. Amen. So look, stay in your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. Amen. Look, and then it goes on to say, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Father. Oh, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, your people shall gird up the loins of our minds. We shall stand firm in the day of evil, no longer being slaves to sin, but now being slaves to righteousness in Christ Jesus, being led by your Holy Spirit, Father, we don't want to go to hell and we don't want to sin against you anymore. We don't want to displease you any longer because we love you and we understand the price that Christ Jesus paid on our behalf. It compels us. It restrains us from sinning from going back into our wicked ways, that old lifestyle. Father, we were enemies of the cross. We were your enemies whose wrath were on us, but not now. No, we consider ourselves dead to sin and we shall man up. We should gird up our loins with truth of your word and stand firm and endure until the end. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. I pray that today's lesson brought you glory. We shall remain bold for Christ. We shall walk by faith and not by sight. We shall no longer give provision to this stinking rotten flesh. Because we got the memo, Father. You ain't playing with that lake of fire. And I say that in all due respect, Father. You have given us warning after warning about those who will not inherit your kingdom, the unrighteous. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God and we must not be deceived. Amen. Glory be to you, Father. Hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Because the Bible tells us what? Bad company corrupts good morals come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning amen and turn to god in full obedience and walk like jesus in obedience to the father even unto death 
Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye